Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our Truth Partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a Truth Partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth, and thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life. We want to talk about, real quickly, before we get going, the vision offering, which is a big deal because, you know, a church requires the full participation of all the people in order to accomplish its destiny. Just as any ministry does, we all require uh, partnership, and we really can't do what we're supposed to do alone. This church has already accomplished a lot. It's going to accomplish a lot more. And to be a part of that is something you want on your Holy Spirit resume. You know, you want to say, you know, I helped do this, and I helped build that, and I helped create a place for children, and I helped create a place for uh, senior citizens. I helped create a place for orphans and widows and the poor. And so resources are one of the ways that we get to help the vision of God or the purpose of God over a city and over a family or a home. And so the vision offering is coming up next week, uh, next weekend. And there are three specific things that um, Pastor Jonathan asked me to talk about. And Bethany, why don't you talk about the first one there? The first one. Good morning, everybody, by the way. Good morning. I'm we, sorry. We... This is Bethany, my daughter, the yes. amazing, brilliant genius of geniuses. Holla, holla. I just to say, <laughs> we've been having church since Friday here. Everybody, who was at the ladies' conference? Oh, my goodness. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Right? You feel just a fire on this. You're like everybody else. You're late to the party, but we let you in. And God wants to do something amazing in everybody's life this morning, I know. And so with the, the free ultrasound bus is one of the things oh, yeah. that, um, that I know that your pastors have on their heart. And I have to say, coming from an orphanage with 165 children who never felt like they were wanted, this touches my heart a lot to know that this would be something because a lot of times... When you're, if you're pregnant and you haven't heard the heartbeat of your baby or seen your baby yet, you need that moment sometimes to feel, for it to become a reality, that you're having a baby. And I can just imagine how this bus is going to save babies' lives all the time. Because mothers who just aren't sure, and listen, there is no judgment, because this is, this is the world we live in. There's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering, and there are a lot of women who find themselves in situations they never expected to be in. But when you're in it and it's pregnancy, it's in your face. You know, as a woman, I mean, your body begins to change. Everything's, you can't deny it. You can't ignore it. You can for a time, but then it catches up to you. And I think to have a free ultrasound bus where they could go see the baby, hear the baby's heartbeat, 
all of a sudden there's an attachment that happens. I know that happened for me when I was pregnant. I heard the heartbeat the first time. I was like, oh my goodness, there's a baby in there. Even though you can see that there was, I was like, there's a baby in there. And I remember I thought I sound really silly to the nurse right now saying there's a baby in there, like I'm shocked. But yet somehow there's a moment of reality that hits when you hear the heartbeat. So I love this. I love this item on the vision list because this is community building. It's community growing. It's out to save children. It's amazing. I love it. I'm glad you spoke about that one. <laughs> uh, then also the paying off of $500,000. Everybody reach your, your hands up to heaven and say, we are debt free. We live debt free. Our church is debt free. And that 500000 is going to disappear in the name of Jesus. Now tell the person next to you, whatever your debt is, we curse it in the name of Jesus. Just tell them, we curse your debt. Say, we're going to pay your house off, pay your car off, pay your wife off, pay your husband off, and pay your children off. And, oh, one, uh, one other item. Ladies, pay off all your shoes. Glory to God. Forgot about that one. We can't forget serious matters of, of the feet. In this church, the men have a real serious shoe game, too. That's right. Because you know, pastor, that used pastors, to, that always used got to not be thing. true. Uh, well, it is true in creative. Church. I had like two shoes. I know. Well, you, yeah, that, oh, yeah, but not now. Not now. I've no. had like 14 <laughs> pairs of you shoes. You like shoes now. It's terrible. I know. Well, what has happened? I don't, I can't, I, Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want me to say to that? What's Jesus, I don't my know. Shoes? <laughs> All right, let's okay. do it. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. And the other, the other thing that you are, that's part of the vision offering, and this is so exciting, as well as the Andover launch of the campus team, right? Amen, amen. Sometimes I find in churches, we go to a lot of churches, and I find sometimes that people are like, oh, no, another campus, you know, and they feel the stretch in a negative way. I get excited when I hear that a church is growing because that means that when God put that on your pastor's heart, it's because there are people who need creative church to come into their neighborhood. There are people who need another place to go. There are people who need what the anointing is on the house. You know, every house has an anointing. And creative church has a specific anointing. And it's meant to reach people with a specific anointing. And you guys are part of that because you're part of this house. And so I think this is amazing. It makes me really excited to think that the church will be expanding again, that more people will become a part of this. Because every member in the body of Christ, remember, we're all unique and individual, but we all play a part in making sure that the body functions healthily. It can't be healthy without all the members. And so there are people that God wants to add to creative church through this new campus that currently you don't have and that you need. So this is beautiful. And again, remember that everything you give into the kingdom and everything you give for purpose for future is something that God is always repaying. It's something that God is paying you back for. And it's treasures in heaven. This life is fleeting and so fast and it's over. And when we're able to give to things that grow and grow and grow and expand, those are things that in heaven we look back and we say, wow, I was a part of that. I didn't even know I was a part of that. I, I, I'm so excited about that. I hope that when I get to heaven, I get in and he's like, oh, thank you for doing this and this. And people I don't even know. Right? That are just like, 
oh, no, you don't know, but when you gave to that thing, when you were part of that thing, when you prayed for that person, then they prayed for that person who prayed for that person, and then they got saved. And you're like, what? I was just praying for her, and that took a lot for me to do that. And, you know, But yet Jesus has a way of multiplying everything that we give him, right? The loaves and the fish was not enough for thousands, but he blessed it, and he multiplied it. And so sometimes we can look at these things and say, paying off debt, ultrasound bus, camp, you know, a new campus. But what you give, God can multiply. And I know we've heard, we've had the honor of hearing your pastors talk about this the last couple of days. And I know that what matters to your pastors is everybody participating. Because what happens when everybody participates, it becomes that everybody owns it. If you give something then you want to see something happen, right? If you don't give anything, you don't really care about it that much. Kind of, you know, how the old saying, we put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. But really with giving and with offerings, when we give something, we connect ourselves to the project. And we want to know what happens. We want to see the ultrasound bus out there and people coming in. We want to see, you know, everybody who's given to the creative house, they showed that little video at Casa Angelina. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a blessing. Well, I, I get to have the privilege of watching it every day be built and built and built. And right now it's all built and they're furnishing. So we're building out all the kitchen. We're building out the table and the chairs. And all the girls who are going to live in that house walk by it literally daily. Just going peeking. I claim that room. I claim that room. I'll arm wrestle you for the left side. I'm like, what is happening? This is a place of joy. You know, everybody's like picking out their favorite spots already. But they feel ownership of it already. They're like, I want to make this like this. And can we help buy the art for the house? And can we go on the trip? And I, it makes me so excited because with orphans, who never had anything that was theirs before, they come to Casangelina and we start to build that in them again. Their identity, apart from things, obviously. But when you have things that are yours, this is one of the things, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit, but this is good because I'm transitioning to what I gotta talk about with Casangelina. So this is, all on to this is all on topic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't lose me. I'm not losing you, I hope. No, but really, when the children come to Christmas, which is this season we're in right now, these are children with, they could name how many toys they have, how many things they have. Every Christmas, the children come to me and ask if I know any other children they can give a toy to. Every Christmas. Now, some of us know from having children, it's like pulling teeth to just get them to clean out their closet and give away one thing that doesn't even fit them anymore. Yet, these kids are literally growing up with such a heart of generosity because they know that there are thousands of people who are being generous to them. And the rule that if you give, you will receive, they've experienced in their own lives. And it's, it's an incredible thing that has continued to multiply and multiply and multiply. So we're so grateful for everyone who gave to that when that was one of the vision items. And I know that this is going to touch a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. And I appreciate you um, describing that with so much joy. You are a joyful child. Um, a couple of things, everybody. In the back, we do still have some product. If I could get that list, Miss Emily, with the exact amount. But we have um, letters from God for children. There's still a couple of those left. And that is, if you want to reconnect with your children, uh, one of the most important things as a parent is that you not be a lazy parent that allows um, technology to raise your children or video games. You're just going to lose their souls. You will ruin your children. 
and you don't want to do that. You want to reconnect them to God's word, and whoever bonds with your children will become their mentor. And so you want to make sure that they're not closer to their friends than they are to you. I mean, you're the parent. You're responsible for their education spiritually and for who they will become in all areas of their life. And that's why you have them. That's why God didn't give a full-grown human to us when they were born. I mean, <laughs> imagine if you came out fully grown. Say, so, you know, that was a hard journey there, Mom. I mean, my God. <laughs> Doc, did you have to pull on my head like that? I mean, really? Haven't you guys come up with anything new? <laughs> so it's, it's a little child that comes out, pops out of there screaming. And uh, so your children's souls are at stake in a time of great darkness in the realm of ideology. And so that's a powerful book, Letters from God for Adults, if you want to stay encouraged. Our newest book is out there as well, Love Fixes Things. Uh, this is a book you should get because, honestly, the only way you're going to fix anything in your family is love. The only way you're going to fix anything in yourself is love. The only way you're going to fix life is love, and love fixes things. So we have the workbook now, and we also have the whole series there, and you can go through it. The workbook follows the tapes, as we do have Untouchable out there as well, which is all the demonic, satanic, all the, uh, the things of Satan that you will have to deal with, the strategies, the techniques, all the different things that he uses to destroy a home, a family, an individual, a child. They're all there, written clearly, and you can go through them, and then you can learn all the teaching and training, which is about 11 hours of training with the whole workbook on each thing so that you are not caught unawares and unprepared. There's also other uh, books out there. Uh, and so if you want to keep educating yourself, that is a good and wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if we would, right now, if you'll turn there. And it's always a good idea to bring a Bible to church. Uh, only because this is about Jesus and the Bible, and Christians are about the Bible. And so we have decided that God wrote the Bible, and because he wrote the Bible, that means that the Bible are the thoughts of God, and every thought that God has heals something sick inside of a human being. And so God's way of thinking heals man's way of thinking, and also heals the way the devil impresses his ideas on you. When God speaks to you clearly, he will clear up an identity issue in your life. As soon as he speaks and you hear it, your identity is healed. Pieces of you are repaired. Areas of your life are mended. Brokenness is healed. And issues with other people are resolved. God is so powerful that even a thought of God is enough to change a person's total, complete reality. Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our Truth Partners. If you're interested in being a Truth Partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select Truth Partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you. It's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the word. So we're not religious people. We don't believe in religion. Religion is man trying to control God and make God in his own image. 
So we're not into that. We're into Jesus rose from the dead. He's the ruler of the three kingdoms of heaven, earth, and under the earth. He has authority over everything now. He has defeated the devil. The devil is totally defeated. And all his servants and all his soldiers are totally defeated. And now you and I need to learn how to live weaponized. And so this message is called the weaponized believer. How can you know what your weapons are, know how to use them, and clear up all the warfare that's in your daily life? Praise God. You have warfare in many ways. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Though we live in the flesh, we don't walk after it. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and bringing every disobedient idea into captivity and under the authority of the Word of God. Satan's job is to minimize the Word of God, trivialize the Word of God, and to create more and more and more religions so that Jesus just becomes one little part of many thousands of religions, systems of belief, ideologies, and theories. We, however, know that this is one of his tactics. And so, because we know that, we keep preaching the power of the Word of God. We keep declaring that the Word of God is not like any other book that's ever been written because it has the superpowers of God in it. It has the mysteries and secrets of God that give you superpowers and that allow you to live a supernatural life, not just a religious right and wrong life, but a supernatural life where actually miracles, signs, wonders, and supernatural things are happening in your daily life. You go from a victim to a supernatural healer. This is the transition from religion to a relationship with God. So you no longer have an arrangement with God. You now have a relationship with God. As in marriage, a lot of people have arrangements. They no longer have a relationship. You never want that to happen. And if you let that happen, then you're going to be weak and poor and you will be defeated. What we need is a deeper relationship with God. And we need to understand all his powers, all his abilities, and all the mightiness of the word of God. And all the things that are in there, hidden, locked, and only to be open for sincere, truthful seekers. This is not, the Bible doesn't actually wake up for just a casual you know, follower. This is for people who are serious about walking with God and knowing God and serving God. And then the Holy Spirit unlocks the Word of God and reveals its mysteries to us. It's called illumination. It's when the Holy Spirit shines a light on a Bible verse or something. And then it applies to your life and you say, wow, that really changes my whole perspective. And that's what God is doing this morning. You go to church and you bring your Bible with you because you're not a dumb listener meaning you're going to hear it in one ear and it's going to go out the other ear. What you're going to do is listen to what God has to tell you personally, write it down and memorize it because the revelations God gives you, the specific words and solutions and answers that God speaks to you will heal you from the inside and redefine your own identity to yourself. The reason you're crazy is because you have no clear identity. That's why you're nuts. 
And that's why you need the help of the Holy Spirit. The reason you're arrogant and proud and conceited and superior thinking over other people is because you don't know God. You don't understand the severity of egotism and pride and how that will destroy you completely and make you unreachable, unreachable to God and unreachable to anybody. So God breaks you down by revealing his greatness to you through his word and through the love of his word. You are melted down into nothing, and then he rebuilds you into something dynamic, supernatural, and world-changing. And that's why God is not pro-man and anti-woman, because if he was like that, he would not be holy. Therefore, God would no longer be God. He would just be a man. But God is, men and women are then created equal in the eyes of God, equal value, equal function, equal authority, equal ministry. They can do anything that they're anointed to do. And if you believe something else, religion taught you that, not the Bible. I, don't, I didn't tell my daughter when she was six, oh, I'm sorry, only men can talk. You're a little crazy, and, and so you better not talk because if you say something like, who knows? I mean, the whole place may burn up just by you talking. You know, this kind of ungodly, wicked religious thinking is just another piece of the slavery of religion. And you don't want to have that. You want to say to your daughters, you want to say to your wife, you can be what God made you. You can say what God told you to say. You can act the way God told you to act. You can change the world. You can declare all that. Don't fall under all that religious stuff and the word of God blows all that out of the water. The same with racism. Anybody of any color who thinks one color is superior to another color is going to hell. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'll just kind of put that potato on your plate. You can put the butter on it if you want. But, but, but there it is, man. You ain't getting out of that. No, 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 there are no races in heaven of any kind. This is a fully integrated church because God has fully integrated heaven. There's no sections in heaven, white section, brown section, black section. All that is a bunch of, I'm going to control myself baloney. and not say, yeah, baloney, baloney. <laughs> Amen? So, so understand that what is being declared then to you is a redefining of your own identity. And so when we talk about the weaponized believer, this is what we're talking about this morning right here, is that you're in a war, you're in a battle, you're going to have to fight that battle, and if you're not weaponized and if you're not trained, you're going to get beat, you're going to get defeated, and you're going to get destroyed. So if you don't learn and are an educated Christian and decide, I better learn how to use my weapons, I better learn what my weapons are, I better learn how to function in all this, or I'm going to get beat up by the devil because the devil has been fighting since the beginning of time, and he is a much better warrior than you are. You are not a warrior, and you're not prepared just because you're saved. You're not prepared just because you believe in God. You're not prepared just because you go to church. You're not prepared to fight and battle. The greatest warrior that has ever existed other than Jesus is the devil. And he has an army, and that army will wreck you, destroy you, steal from you. It will uh, kill your children. It will get them on drugs. It will send everybody to hell. He will do everything. And if you're not weaponized, you can't kick him out of the family. And you can't kick him out of your marriage. And you can't kick him out of your children. You better know what your weapons are. 
And you better know how to fight. I mean, as a couple, you're crazy if you don't get educated on how to get along with your wife or your husband. Your wife is not like any other woman on earth. Everybody thinks all women are alike. Are you crazy? There's no two women alike. They're all just so complicated. Men are alike. Men are alike. We are shallow. And that's why we don't have issues with each other. We don't delve into the mysteries of existence. We don't delve into the mysteries of emotional complexities. We don't delve into what's in your heart. What are you feeling? What are your emotions like? What? We run from that. You put five men in a, in a, in a car all together. They drive for five hours. They have gas, other issues. Nobody's offended and wants a divorce after that. Put a woman in that car and there's a divorce coming if gas is detected. Hey, you can't just come home to your wife the same way every day. This is marital suicide. You have to go there and say, who are you today? Which gifts of the Holy Spirit do I need to understand you today? Because yesterday I was Tarzan, you were Jane. I like that. But I'm noticing you want to talk today. This is complex. So it requires training, education, weapon. You have to learn how to speak womanese. You have to learn how to live in your emotions as a man and, and identify with your wife's emotions and not criticize and find fault and, and not shut her down because she's crazy at that moment and losing her mind and having insecurity issues. You can't do that. You have to say, hey, let's work through this. Praise God. It's your mother and, you know, it, it's her fault. So we are, we are talking about weaponized believers, you. So let's talk about the enemy first, then we'll talk about the, the weapons. So here's the enemies. They're very clear. Your biggest enemy is your DNA. Shake somebody's hand and say your DNA. How many minutes? We have 15 minutes. So you have your DNA. The DNA you have, you did not ask for. Right? The nose you have, you did not ask for. The lack of hair on your head, you did not ask for that. The abundance of hair out of your nose and ears and eyebrows, you did not ask for that. It's in the DNA. Your personality, you didn't ask for that. You didn't ask for fat cells in your body that just see food and grow. You didn't ask for that. It's in the DNA. So you are then a product of somebody else's problems. You are born as a sinner. You're not born as a saint. Nobody comes out of the womb praising God. As soon as you come out, you create havoc. <laughs> Yelling, crying, screaming all hours of the night. Your poor mother can't sleep. She's got to feed you whenever you scream so. 
And if you don't get what you want, you get angry. And you can see little tiny babies, ah! you know, because they don't have language yet. So they, but, that, but that's the Adamic nature. They're little sinners. And as they're growing up, you can see it. No, no, no. And then some of them throw themselves on the ground. Ah! Because they're little sinners. You don't have little children like that who don't get their way saying, hey, no problem. I'm selfless. I'm okay. I'm okay, Mom. I'm okay, Dad. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to you know, be too dogmatic about where I want to eat or anything like that. You, you choose. You choose. They're not going to do that. Because you're little sinners. And that's why some of you have a problem with people because you're still a big sinner now. You never have grown out of being spoiled by sin and selfishness. This is an enemy, your DNA. The thing about DNA, however, is when you don't know God, you have no choice but to say, I am what I desire. I am what I am urged to do. I am what my impulses are. And so because of that, you decide you're somebody that's cursed instead of somebody that's blessed. God provides a solution called getting saved and born again, and he gives you a new nature or a new DNA. And the rule is this, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Feed death, it gets powerful. Feed the liar, he becomes your identity. Feed the pervert, he becomes your identity. Feed the Holy Ghost, feed the spirit of love, the spirit of forgiveness, spirit of faith, spirit of joy. Feed that, and he dominates the old DNA, and pretty soon your old DNA is completely powerless to run your life and make decisions for you. Well, you got to know what your weapons are to make that happen. Secondly, you've got the devil himself, and the Bible says, Hebrews 2, 14, 15, the devil's defeated. So he's defeated. You actually have authority over the devil. You may not know that, but the devil doesn't want you to know that information, that you, a Christian believer, has authority over the devil and all his soldiers. The devil then has a myriad of helpers. He has the fallen angels, which were a third of the angels. They are called principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. They are over cities, over towns, over states, over countries, over nations, and over individual power people like kings and presidents and things like that. And they hover over them, influencing them. Or if they can come into their bodies through demons, they possess people. Praise the Lord. A Christian cannot be possessed, but a Christian can be partnered up with demons. So you can actually have demons walking with you through life, speaking to you, influencing you, giving you impulses, urges, feelings, and things like that. And they guide and lead you through a life of disobedience and a life of laziness. The result of this, your partnership with demons, is curses, and curses then come on your life, and a curse is the opposite of a blessing. So a curse is the anointing to produce death, lack, poverty, suffering, and pain. That is a curse. And some of you have those because you are living in disobedience habitually. 
So God has to break that. Well, you need to know what those weapons are that can do that and how to do that. Then you have the demonic spirits, which are in your home. They steal your sleep. You have nightmares. You have anxiety. You have special powers of hating, special powers of lusting, special powers of cheating and stealing and conniving, special powers of hard-heartedness, special anointings of bitterness, special powers of gossiping and accusing because you have demons with you. They are partnered with you, and they help you do these bad things. Self-pity, that helps you feel sorry for yourself and feel like a victim all your life. And if you don't know what your weapons are, then you're going to be defeated. If you don't know what that you have on you, literally, the powers of division, of contention, of strife, of judgmentalism, of accusing, of finding fault with people, it's going to be very difficult for you to have a good marriage because you have partnered with demons because you're not walking with God and serving God. And over a lifetime of partnership, you have developed presences. So you're not smoking pot by accident. You're not taking drugs by accident. You're not chasing women by accident. You don't have this overpowering lust for these beautiful women by accident. It's your DNA. And that DNA has demons on it, curses on it, and you will go to hell if you don't repent and change all that stuff. This is not like some mim mamsy What am I trying to say? Mamsy pamsy. Is that a word? How much time do I have? So tonight, then we will give you seven weapons out of 30. But this will help you to flow in your full authority as a weaponized believer. You have to weaponize yourself against all the weaknesses you have. For example, some of you have extremely uh, serious issues mentally. I kind of feel sorry for myself. Nobody really loves me. You know, I'm alone. I think I'll be alone all my life. See, all that, that thinking comes from a devil. That's, right. That's not Bible thinking. That's not Jesus thinking. Oh, I don't love my wife. She's a little fat now. You know, I'm just not attracted to her. All that comes from the devil. There's no, you know, God didn't give you a wife just so she can look good all her life. There's a lot of other more beneficial things. Some of you are going to get big. I mean, you're going to get big. You're going to like enchiladas, tacos. You're going to like Cinnabon, and you're going to get big. And you're just going to walk around and just, and, and if you don't have enough weaponry to know how to love a person past all that, then you're going to be very shallow and you're going to be very vain. And you're not even going to understand the power that a covenant creates between two people who say for better or for worse in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer until death does us part. Weapons, got to know them, got to flow with them, and got to know how to use them. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. You have the, the, the problem of demons, and demons are a big problem because we see in the Bible that a one man can have as many as 2,000 demons living in his body. So some of you that are not truly saved might have demons in your body right now. We're going to cast those demons out of you tonight if you want me to. If you want us to, you know, 
And if you don't have any, we can at least break the attachment you have to them and break the partnership. And if you get scared this afternoon and go, I'm not going. Remember, that's probably not the Holy Spirit. That's probably your devil beside you, scaring you. Don't show up at church tonight. You got a game to watch. Five o'clock, we're going to start flowing in the Holy Ghost. Your troubles are going out the door this evening. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to pack your bags. You're going to tell the devil, get out of my family. Get off of my children. Get off of my grandchildren. I will not tolerate your presence in my house, in my marriage, in my home, on my body, or in my life one more day. Let's put on that music now. Because I have to leave here at 1018. That's what I was told. So it looks like 1010, babe. So I have eight minutes. So um, this message, the weaponized believer, is, is to give you hope. I am halfway done with a weaponized child. This is going to train you as a parent how to train your children and weaponize them. Because we are not living in 1920. We are living in 2022 where Satan no longer is hiding in the woods. He's just coming out and saying, I am the devil. Serve me and I will make you happy. He's just bold now. So if you don't match that with light, if you don't match the darkness with the light, then the darkness overcomes you. You'll have divorces at 70 years old. You'll have uh, multiple children all over the place. You'll have drugs everywhere. You'll be full of unbelief and become atheists. And your children will too unless you weaponize them. Amen? But first, you must be weaponized before you can weaponize somebody else. Will you hug somebody next to you and say, Your hair is such an amazing color this year. Turn that up a little bit. Would you close your eyes for a moment of privacy? The closing of the eyes is not a religious activity. Closing of the eyes is privacy. It's you shutting out the world like you do for anything when you want to think. You just shut it out. You close your eyes and the world goes away. You may think that you came here today by accident or by force. You may think you came here because somebody threatened you or maybe you just accidentally came to church. But you have to understand that God loves you so much that he sometimes will even manipulate circumstances to get you to a certain place. You are here because you have a divine appointment with the Holy Spirit. 
There is something God wants to tell you today. Something that God wants to do for your family today. There is a miracle that God wants to deposit in your life. A change of life. An empowerment. An equipping. A deliverance. A comfort. A healing. A mending. And a defining. That's why you're here. Because God loves you. And God is chasing some of you. You're here today because God wants to change your world and make it better. The grand question becomes this. Are you able to say without any doubt whatsoever that if you were to die today, whether it's in your car, at your home, or eating, or sleeping, can you honestly say that you are 100% sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? This is the great question for every individual. And the only way you can find the right answer is to be totally honest with yourself. If you died today, can you honestly say, that you would go to heaven. Because if the answer is I don't know. Or I'm not sure. Or I hope so. You are in a dangerous and vulnerable place. When it comes to eternity. Therefore I am going to ask you to do something very simple. Right where you're sitting. If you say I am not 100% sure. That I am going to heaven when I die. And if you say. I want God to put that peace in my heart so that I know that I know that I know and I never have to doubt it again as long as I live and I can walk with him every day of my life. If that's you. If that's you. If you say, I want to go to heaven when I die. What I want you to do right now, right there where you're sitting, very simple but life-changing, is this one thing. Right now, lift your hands right now high enough for me to see them. And I'm going to pray for you. And God is going to do a miracle for you. Oh, my gosh. Look at all the hands going up right now, God. Stretch them up. Stretch them out to God without shame. Let him see that you want him to do this. The second thing I want you to do is stand up right there where you're at and let me pray for you right now. Stand to your feet and declare... This is, a, uh, this is a, a why in the road, and I'm choosing God's side for my life. All of you that are lifting your hands, would you look at me for one second? May I have your permission to lead you in a prayer? Would you wave your hand at me if I have your permission? I will not embarrass you, but it is very important that you do this publicly. God is watching he hung naked on a cross publicly for you. Now, I want you to publicly do something for me. You will not have to say anything to anybody. I want you to leave your seat as fast as you can and just walk up here to the front. Take a short walk, cross the bridge, and let's settle this issue once and for all. And I want you to give them a hand like it's your mother coming up here. It's your daddy coming up here. It's your daughter, your son. Your sister, your brother, anybody you love.
Give them a hand as they come up here. Celebrate their choice that they can get the devil off of this area of their life. Their mind can clear up and they can say, I know that I know that I know that if I die, I'm going to heaven because I have made peace with God. Now, I need somebody to count all these people because the numbers matter in heaven. Everything is, you know, when they got, when people came to Jesus in the book of Acts, it was 3,000 people. It's constant because you're not, you're not invisible to God. You are an individual, and God died for you individually. And I want to tell you two things that are about to happen. One, God is about to forgive you for everything bad you have ever done. It does not matter how bad it is. Because if you were dead to God, you would not be in this building. You would certainly not be in that line. And there would be no hope for you. You would be like millions that die without God and without any room for Him. You are here because God brought you here. Whatever you did is about to be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Second, second, some of you being forgiven is not going to be enough for you to fix your relationship with God because you know when you talk to God, he knows what you did. And the shame and guilt of that will simply ruin your ability to communicate with God. So what he does, the Bible says, he erases the memory of what you did from his mind so he can't remember any of the bad things you have done. He's not just forgiving you. He's erasing the memory of what you did. So when he looks at you, he doesn't see that. He didn't say, oh, that's Bob. Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't do that. He said clean, pure, white, brand new, new beginning, past is gone. The future is bright. Mistakes are erased. The future is bright. Failures are gone. Tragedies are gone. Disobediences, violences, perversions are gone because they're all covered in the blood of the Lamb. To receive this, you need to do two things right now. Forgive those that have damaged you as God has forgiven you. And secondly, and most important, Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Give yourself a chance to start all over again. Are you ready? Stretch your hands out to anybody you know. If you don't know somebody, pick one and send your blessing. And let's say it together, dear God, save me right now from the devil and his plans for my life. I turn my back on the devil. I renounce my sins, I repent of them, and I ask you to wash me in the blood of Jesus and cleanse me right now. Come and live in my heart, stay there forever in the name of Jesus. Dear God, I forgive those that have damaged me and let them go, and I forgive myself. 
I forgive myself. I am starting brand new. I will do harm to none. And I will love everyone. In Jesus' name. Whoever I have hurt, I will repent to that person. I will apologize to that person. And I will never hurt them again. Take me now, O God. Live inside my heart. And give me the power to serve you all the days of my life until I die. In Jesus' name. Say it out loud. I am going to heaven. And the devil is defeated. Everybody, let's praise him. Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I want to encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.